Today is Thursday, August 3rd, and you're listening to the morning announcements presented by Batches Media. My name is Amanda Duberman, filling in today for Sammy Sage again. Morning Announcements is your five-minute daily breakdown of the headlines that is not afraid to take sides and roast the most consequential reality show there is, our government. This episode is sponsored by Rocket Money. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills all in one place. Stop throwing your money away, cancel unwanted subscriptions, and manage your expenses the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash morning. Happy Indictment Day 3.0. I hope the joy isn't wearing off. Donald Trump is expected to be arraigned in person this afternoon in Washington, D.C. on charges related to his attempts to overturn the result of the 2020 election. Trump will enter a plea and the judge will determine whether to arrest him or release him on bond. As for the trial timeline, after Jack Smith emphasized a desire for a speedy trial, Trump lawyer John Lauro appeared on the Today Show yesterday and suggested that his team should have as long to prepare for a trial as the federal government had since January 6th. The lawyer also claimed that Trump had a First Amendment right to use his tremendous bully pulpit to make incendiary claims about the 2020 election that he knew were false and take seditious action to overturn the result. I am not a constitutional scholar, to be fair, but I I am fairly certain that the First Amendment does not entitle you to do that. So how should we recognize the afternoon when finally Trump will be held partly accountable for the actions that led to January 6th? Might I suggest staring at our TVs in horror while quietly weeping about the state of democracy and texting all of our friends and family? I don't know. It it might be a fun throwback. Just putting it out there. The phrases active shooter and attack on the Capitol are enough to trigger and terrify any American. And yesterday we were briefly confronted with the possibility of both again. The Capitol was on edge Wednesday afternoon amid reports of an active shooter in the Senate office buildings. An account for the U.S. Capitol Police posted in the afternoon that officers were, quote, searching in and around the Senate office buildings in response to a concerning 911 call. That call claimed there was an active shooter in the Hart Senate office building. But after thorough sweeps, officers found no one, nor did anyone report sounds of bullets or gunfire. Officials concluded that it was a bogus call, but have not yet identified who made the claim. The disturbing prank call came while most senators are out of the district for August recess. Fortunately, the most terrifying thing in the Senate office yesterday was the same as it always is. Mitch McConnell's crypt. I, I, I mean his office. Are you listening from Canada? Well, don't be surprised to find your prime minister on Hinge. Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau announced on Wednesday that he and his wife Sophie are separating after 18 years of marriage. The 51-year-old leader said that the separation follows, quote, many meaningful and difficult conversations. He also asked for privacy for the couple and their three children. Trudeau is fairly familiar with marital splits among the nation's highest leaders. Trudeau's father was also Canada's prime minister and split from the younger Trudeau's mother while in office. Sophie and Justin have known each other since they were quite young, which means she stood by her man through him doing blackface and him being exposed for blackface. So what do we think the final straw was? He didn't get why she was crying at the end of Barbie? TV and film writers have officially been on strike for three months. After actors joined the strike and put additional strain on the industry, negotiators for Hollywood producers have reached out to the Writers Guild to discuss resuming the negotiation process as soon as this week. The two sides will meet on Friday to talk about potentially starting to talk about negotiations again. Reuniting with a foe to hash things out after roasting each other openly for three months? Well, may I point the studios to a line of television we can thank a writer for? We were on a break! Tis the damn season of striking for fair pay. So let's stay on the topic of unions to close out today's show. 
Will the end of the Eras Tour be marred by accusations of crossing the picket line? Taylor Swift brings her Eras Tour to Los Angeles this week to play six nights of sold-out shows. This comes as thousands of hotel workers in the area are on strike after negotiations fell apart for higher wages to cover rising costs of living in the affluent area, where workers say they can't afford to live and spend valuable time and money on long commutes. They're also asking for things like improved benefits and better working conditions. California's lieutenant governor joined dozens of other officials in an open letter urging Taylor Swift to postpone the set of Golden State shows, noting that the same hotels currently denying their workers fair wages and benefits will profit tremendously from six days of sold-out shows in a stadium that fits 70,000 people. Although, we should note that the lieutenant governor also attended a Taylor Swift concert in Santa Clara, which is also in California, before signing on to the letter. I guess that was her way of saying, this is me trying. Thank you for listening to the morning announcements brought to you by Betches Media. Until tomorrow, I'm Amanda Duberman, and now you know what the fuck is going on. Betches.